And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Conquest Chronicles. This is Matt here, along with Dina, and uh, we got some interesting news that that took place over the weekend that we're going to talk about. Also, some uh, uh, some changes that we're hearing that has been made to salute Detroit as well. But we're going to go ahead and jump to it. Uh, Dina, how are you doing? How's how's everything going? Pretty good, pretty good. It's always good when there's exciting news. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely it is. So, Dina, I'll go ahead and let you break the news because you were actually, last night, you were the you were the one that actually broke it to me, which was uh, pretty surprising. Yeah, it was the night before. It was Sunday night, wasn't it? Yes, it was Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night. Um there was a post by Chris Trevino on USCfootball.com that Brew McCoy is allegedly considering transferring back to USC from Texas. Um, he was the first to post about it. That was the first anyone had heard <clears throat> on both sides, USC and Texas. Um, I talked to some Texas media guys, and, <clears throat> you know, that was a shock to them that Brew was considering that because up until now, nobody knew about it, not the teammate, not his teammates, not coaches. Um, nobody knew that he was feeling like like leaving. So, um, of course, there's been speculation about the reasons why. And the main one that keeps coming up is, is the big, a big case of homesickness. Yeah, and it's been, it's been wild. And as you mentioned that, you know, we had – we we it, it's an interesting situation because you always hear about kids who transfer and stuff like that, but never did you hear about a kid getting to a school, being there for what all of two weeks, and then well, he's been there since what January. He 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 enrolled early, so yeah, about January, but he was only there for like two three weeks. All right, because they're spring camp. So really, I mean, like, he left he really way before spring. Yeah, he's played he really in Texas spring camp. Yeah, he really hasn't played in, you know, much football with them other other than practices. But um, it's interesting because he still hadn't submitted his waiver to um, try to get eligibility for his freshman year at Texas after transferring from USC, which is odd because you usually see guys do it as soon as possible. I know Kate Martell, Justin Fields. They both did it pretty quick um, and then got granted. But everyone was wondering what was the holdup with Bruce. Um, you know, he, he enrolled in January, so it's now May to, almost May, the end of May. You know, is this the reason that that waiver took so long uh, to get in? Um, and it's interesting because if it is homesickness, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... If I was if I was Brew, if it was really home if I was really homesick, I think I might you know, why not just play a couple games, you know, to start the season and if you really really don't like Texas, I mean, if you're cuz your request to you're not going to play your freshman year at USC if you do transfer. That's most likely going to be denied. Um so why not just play a couple games at Texas and see if you really do want to leave or you might turn out loving it? You know, the culture and how games are and practices are when you really get into season. 
um, you know, why not just wait a couple games and then and then decide? But that's what I would do if I was him. I'd I'd stick it out for a couple games, and if I really really didn't like it, still, then I'd then I'd transfer to USC because, I mean, either way you're going to sit out if you do transfer back, or if you wait a couple games into the season too. I think, um, and the thing about it is him staying and, um, you know, him going to Texas and everything. I think this, the fact that maybe USC, or, or we, we all know, we all know the real reason, the reason why he transferred is it had to do with the Cliff Kingsbury fiasco. We know that's the main, that's like the main thing that's out there right now is the whole Kingsbury fiasco and him leaving played a huge factor into it. When I think when he got to Texas, it wasn't what, it, it probably wasn't what he thought it was because he did play in the spring game. He did participate in spring practice. And maybe it turned, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what it all turned out to be for him. All right, because on, on the depth chart, he's like number three or four for their wide receiver group. And I think, you know, he didn't, how he, he, I, well, also in the spring game, he didn't really see many targets. Right. He didn't see a lot of targets in the spring game. That's something a lot of people don't understand, don't get, is that in the spring game, I think he only had, what, four receptions? For, he only had 16 yards. He didn't. Right. It's didn't been a quiet do. spring for him at Texas for sure. And, you know, I'm sure he's thinking, you know, if I would have stayed at USC, I'm sure Daniel would have thrown it to him more than, than Ellinger does just because they have that relationship from matter day. So that, and not only that, but tech or USC is now an air raid team. Graham Harrell, you know, he said multiple times they're going to, they're going to put it up in the air a lot. So um, I think once he, maybe once he saw all the hype around Graham Harrell and there's really been nothing bad said about Harrell at mm-hmm. all. Um, it's all been positive coming out of out of spring camp, and I'm sure his friends from Matter Day that are that are on the the SC team now have been have been uh, talking to him about it and probably recruiting him a little bit to you know help help him make his decision final. But you know USC when he left USC was a dumpster fire. Now it's kind of like you know it's not completely put out yet but it's it's on the it's it's on the way to getting putting out for sure yeah it hasn't really improved in terms of dumpster fire but in all honesty i think now once they now that they hit the field and you've heard a lot more positives than anything cuz really with spring practice we've really just heard positives we heard strength yeah. and conditioning's been good. We've heard the energy's been good. And that's you know. another thing, the strength and conditioning. I don't know if this is true or not. There was a report that Brew had said the the players were soft. Their workout program was, wasn't up to par with what he thought a college workout pro- program should be. Um, again, I don't know if that's true or not. I just saw someone report that. <clears throat> and now, you know, with, with, with Osmus there, there hasn't been anything bad said about him either. In fact, all the players are on social media, um, you know, talking positively about this new strength and conditioning program. Yeah, well, I think it's also not only that, but when you think about it, um, 
when you think about it, he's he's been there before. So that's why the strict and conditioning program is what it is right now. But a lot of people got to also understand that at Texas, it's a, it, it, I mean, the atmosphere could be different. You know what I mean? I was listening to uh, the Pierre Style podcast from USCfootball.com, and um, Harvey Hyde said it best. When you're at Texas, you know, a lot of the fans there, they value, they love their Texas guys more than anybody else. They love the Tex, their Tex, their in-state players more, you know, more than anything. You get what I'm saying? Now, yeah, if you come in, you perform well and everything, then yeah, they'll take to you. But it's like, it's like how we are with, in California, when we have when we get California kids, because we see them a lot, you know, we see right. California. That's how it is everywhere, and that's understandable. And, but it's more of like when you come to Texas, you're one of many. You know, you're not the star. You're one of many that comes in through Texas. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's like that with Miami. I say that with Miami. It's like that with Miami. You're one of many, you're one of many that comes in, you know, after, you know, at, with, with certain guys and everything. USC, you're one of many. Though, if you do come in and you produce, or if you're a big time recruit, then yeah, it, it, it's different. But I think you you said it best. It could be a case of homesickness, and that he, you know, that's why he's exploring and coming back. Maybe Texas isn't all what he thought it was, and. And, you know, taking the opportunity to go, all right, let me go and see how this is at Texas. You got, you did spring camp. You're at spring camp. You did spring football. You know, and, and it isn't what it is, you know. And so now he's like, you know what? Maybe I should go back to USC. I have a lot of relationships there and all of that stuff. And not only that, but it, USC has room for him. It's not like if he goes, oh, they need to clear room for a scholarship. He, when he goes, if he goes back, from what I've heard, if he goes back, then he he has the scholarship that he was already on. So that doesn't that doesn't really affect USC. Where with the Chris Steele situation, they would have had to clear up room to get him in. That would that's a whole different situation with Brew. He already has that scholarship, so. It wouldn't be like USC has to clear up room or anything like that. Now, him playing right away, I don't think he would play right away. I don't think he would be able to play right away like you said because it's I, – I, I think I sent a text to you about that. I think I texted you about that when we were talking about it. It's going to be interesting what the NCAA does because if the NCAA goes, you know what, see that you're going back, yes. But I have a hard time seeing the NCAA going, look, you couldn't make up your decision on where you wanted to go. It's going to cost you your freshman year, and it's going to be a red shirt year for him. Right, yeah, I, I can't – I mean, nothing's impossible, but I really don't see any, him playing his freshman year. Um, no. I was going to say something. I think it'll be – it it helps the wide – it will help the wide receiving core at USC. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the USC is already loaded at wide receivers, so this is just an added bonus. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. A lot of people have been saying, you know, why would he want to walk back into that USC locker room? It's going to be 
it's going to be awkward. It's, you know, the guys aren't going to, it's going to be far from going to embrace him, you know, because of how he left. And, you know, what people forget is that locker room is heavy matter day. You know, JT Daniels and, um, Amon Ross St. Brown and all his buddies from high school are the ones recruiting him the hardest, I'm sure, to come back. And they're not going to let anyone say anything. I mean, they're not going to let anyone say anything to him in the locker room. I mean, it's not going to be a bad situation by any means, I don't think. I mean, yeah. he's walking into a locker room of his, his friends he's had since ninth grade and probably before that, so. I, I, not only that, but, you know, the, the report is that he still has a good relationship with USC coaches, with the USC, uh, players, you know, and you have a good relationship with, with those guys and everything. If you have a good relationship with those guys, then nothing's wrong. You know, nothing will be wrong. What people got to understand is that these players, they tend to have a good relationship with, with players from the other team because you either played against them in seven on seven at all American games, you know, different the the Nike uh, opening camps, stuff like that. You have, you know, these guys have a good relationship. Brew McCoy has a good relationship with guys in that USC locker room. So it's not like, Oh, if I come back, if he comes back, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be far from that. They're probably most likely they're going to embrace him. You know, right, and you've already seen on social media. I know a couple of players have tweeted out pictures of Brew, like group photos. So, you know, it's not it's not going to be awkward. Now, the thing I want to know is if this does indeed take place, because right now there's been reports from USC. Um, it, 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 it's it's being reported that he's going to tra- like this is a, a this is a for sure done deal. Like this is for sure is going to happen. That this is this is gonna happen, um, and that or this is going to happen, and that this is a uh, this is for sure. This is for sure. What's what? Now there is a report that just came out. Actually, there is a report that just came out from from USC rivals. Is that Brew McCoy was not in attendance for Texas? First, uh, summer conditioning workouts per sources. That's from USC Rivals. Um, take it out. Yeah, like. Horns, Horns 24-7 posted an update today. Um, uh, according to them, McCoy, Brew's been back in, you know, in California for two weeks. Um, apparently Texas is going out there to meet them, meet the family and all them on, on Wednesday and, and try to convince him to stay at Texas, but um, so by the end of the week, I'm sure we'll have some sort of sort of answer on, on to what he's going to do. But yeah, he's not he's not according to Horns 24/7, he's not in Texas. He's been he's been in, in Southern California for the past two weeks. So, so, and I and I'll ask you because you've been locked in on this too, Dina. Um, you you've been locked in on this more more than I have honestly has he spoken with USC because there's reports saying that he's spoken with Clay Helton has he spoken with Clay Helton at yeah, all Yeah there was reports that said he had been talking to the to the staff at USC and then uscfootball.com came out and said any reports that he's talking to the staff are are inaccurate that's not true you know and I'm sure 
I'm sure USC knows that talking to him before he's entered the transfer portal is a violation. So I don't think they would be, you know, they USC has been recruiting for a long, long, long time. So I'm sure they know not to talk to someone who's not in the portal yet because they don't want to get hit with anything. So they're they're You know, they can't risk getting hit with anything because the season they had last year and all this off season crap they've been going through. So. Um, is I don't this think the same I, as as Texas talking to, potentially talking to Brew McCoy while he was at <laughs> USC? Yeah, there's. I mean, even if that that was true, there's no proof. And you, you know, even if that was true, now we know that nothing was done about it. So even if it was true, it doesn't matter. So, um, you know, but I'm sure the coaches are telling the the players to tell this to Brew, tell this to Brew. What did Brew say? You know, the players are the ones. Are the mediators? I'm sure. You know, I think this is a again. This is a lot of these a lot of these things that are um, coming out right now. And he has a smart. And his family's smart, right? You know, his mom and dad are, are. You know, they hired their own lawyer to go to uh, do the waiver process uh, when they thought that he was going to stay at Texas. Um, you know, so so they know the rules. They know, you know, the regulations. They're not going to let, you know, they don't want anything bad happen to USC if their son does end up going there. So I'm sure they know what to do and not do. So, so they're not going to let anything illegal happen. Well, right now we, it, right now everything is pointing towards Brew um, leaving, uh, leaving Texas. Um, the fact that whether now it, it's looking like it's going to be USC, but you never know. Somebody said Oregon, and I absolutely would laugh if that <laughs> happened. But at this rate, it's well, yeah, if it's homesickness, like, he's gonna stay. And, and it makes too state. much sense. And it makes too much sense for him to stay in um, the go to USC. He's been wanting to be. He wanted to go to USC for a long time, like. He wanted to go to USC for a very, very long time. So, I think yeah, this. Yeah, I think I think this could have. It makes you wonder if this whole thing could have been avoided if if USC had had Harold, you know, quickly. But they waited so long after Kingsbury left that, you know, if I was Brew, I wouldn't be comfortable either. Yeah, because it's different, you know. It, it's it, it's absolutely different. It's absolutely different there. So that's going to be a uh, it's going to be an interesting situation to see how this goes. Uh, like we said, if Brew does come to USC, it helps the US. It, it, you know, it won't take away from USC. It won't say it's not like oh they got a clear room, they got to have scholarship room or anything like that. That's not the case. Because he's already on the initial scholarship that he has. Right. Uh, and people are saying, like, you know, why would he want to do this big fiasco? The national media is going to be on him. Every, everyone's going to be, you know, picking on him. He's on a national kid? stage. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the media is going to be hammering him and, and fans on Twitter and, you know, all the social media crap. They're going to be hammering him. But in like a month or two, they're all going to forget like every other piece of drama in college football and in the entertainment industry, people run with something for a couple of weeks and then they forget about it. So, and then especially if he start, you know, once he gets eligible to play and he starts making big plays, they're not going to care. They're not going to even remember. 
well here here's what I bring up too. And I and I have to I have to say this too, because it's something that it's something like this that I don't understand. These kids, these guys are kids. They're kids. So as a kid, it's hard to make up your mind, you know? Maybe one yes, he maybe he really wanted to go to USC. When he got to USC, the coaching situation, you know, it wasn't what it was. The coaching situation right. was in disarray. Kingsbury right. just left, you know, all of that. Right. The USC didn't have the posit- the positivity coming out of spring camp. It was literally all negative. Exactly. And then you get to Texas, so you, and so maybe he's like, you know what, I'll go to Texas. It, it's what it is, you know. It, it was his second choice. They were recruiting him. He, they, he had a good relationship with them, you know, with, with some of the coaches there. And then it, he gets to Texas. It's not what it is, you know, and that happens. You get to a place you thought it what it was, and it's not what you think it is. That happens. That it, right. It's called... How can I say this? It is, it's called being a kid, you know? My thing is, I, and I'll sit there and I'll say, why not stay? But then you send, but then you go back to what I'm saying just now, you know? Things right. do end up changing. Right. So, we'll, we'll continue to monitor the whole situation. The more that, um, the more information we get, we will break it on Conquest Chronicles. Again, we're waiting to, we're, we're waiting to read what happens. And as more reports and as more information comes out, we'll, you know, we'll pass along to you guys. But speaking of, of changes in USC, um, there's also been more reported changes to um, to their salute to Troy. As what that um, what was said on on the Pierce Style podcast that apparently they are making changes to salute Detroit that it's going to be in the Coliseum this year, uh, which is the first, it'll be good for USC to get in there. And I, and I'll quote Ryan Abraham right now. It's good for USC to get in there before the first game of the season. Um, it, it's also good for them to, it's for everybody to get the oohs and ahs out of the way of the new Coliseum and stuff like that. Just to fix things, you know, just to get everybody used to everything and, and comfortable with that and stuff like that. So Salute to Troy is apparently going to be in the L.A. Coliseum, in the new Coliseum. Um, they're still doing, finishing up construction in there. I believe they're adding on the seats in there. And and we spoke about the Coliseum last week, actually. And it was about the the seating in there, and somebody was like, "Well, why can't they turn it into this?" And it's basically to preserve what the Coliseum is, you know, or what it was. So I I don't know. I've never been to Salute Detroit before, so I it's never been like an event that. And I've heard it was a cool event, but after the Sark fiasco, it was kind of boring. Something like that, kind of. I don't want to say yeah, boring, think, but kind of. I think doing stale. it in the Coliseum would be, you know, <laughs> would be interesting. Um, it's definitely more exciting than than on the track and field. Um, and if they do end up doing a scrimmage, that's pretty cool too. I mean, especially since USC doesn't didn't have for the past few years a spring game, like a true spring game. Yeah, the spring, and you know what, USC hasn't done. A true spring game like that, but this is like 
is going to be game week. Uh, I don't remember when they're going to do this. I don't know the date of a, of it or anything, but I, I honestly think this would be um, – I'm gonna say I think this was this would actually be a good idea. This would actually be a a fun thing for for um for USC to do. I mean, it's good marketing. They have to get right. They have to get people exposed to the new and improved Coliseum. Um, I mean, it's all marketing. I'm sure it's not like there's there's not enough space on the track and field. They've been doing it for years there. Yeah, I I honestly think it's um like you said, I honestly believe it's um it's all just what you said, it, it's all marketing and stuff like right. that. Right. A lot cuz a lot of the people that go to Salute Troy are donors. Um you know, so I'm sure they're they're wanting to get an inside look at the Coliseum before anybody else does. Right. And this is a good way to do it. Right, right. No, I agree. I I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that. So, with that being said, would you go to to salute Detroit? With uh, yeah, I think it'd be a fun event to go to. I'm not sure. I think I think you have to be invited, don't you? I don't think any uh-uh, you can go. buy. You can uh-huh. buy tickets to go. They would always sell tickets to go, but I never been and I never went. And it was never my cup of tea. Cause yeah, I'd like to go one year. It's a pretty cool thing. I mean, the players are right there. It's, I'm sure it's a fun event for if you have kids, because I know they they do signings and stuff. Yeah, you um, get to kind of hang out with the yeah. with the players a little bit, get introduced to the team before um before the football, you know, before the season starts and everything. So, I mean, yeah, it's a very personal event for those looking. Because I know it's hard after games or before games to try to meet a player to get an autograph or whatnot, but this is a good opportunity to to uh, have a better chance at that. I I just want how how can I say this? I just I just want to um, I just want a, an authentic USC jersey. All that has. <laughs> yeah, he's been looking for one for a while. So if any of you know an authentic seller, and I don't mean a Reggie boot, Bush one, and I don't mean the bootleg one. I don't want the bootleg one. I don't want the one with the name on the back. I don't want the one made overseas or anything. I want the one like they wear. I need a size forty-eight. I need a size forty-eight. I need an authentic USC jersey. That's all I want. That's all I ask for. And if it's a Reggie Bush one, I will be very happy. If it's a number 21 uh, authentic jersey, I will also be extremely happy. Just as long as it's an authentic USC jersey. I won't even be picky with the number. You can give me number 90 for all I care. So I will gladly take that. Off topic from Salute to Troy and, and authentic jerseys. I I was reading Athlon's magazine. You this too. Year. <laughs> I got it actually. Yeah, some interesting stuff in there. They they have their bowl predictions on the on the back, and they have USC facing Baylor in the Cheez It Bowl. Um, they do have USC going six and six, which is not 
by any means ideal, and I don't think that's going to be the case. I do think they're going to, you know, at least go seven and five. But here's my question, and and I have to ask this because when people go, USC won't win no more than than um, six or seven games. What are we basing that off of? Because are we basing it off of what they did last year and what the team have? Is it based off the schedule? Because right now I know the schedule is difficult. And by all means, I don't, I'm not the one to overrate teams, but I mean, the one thing with, like with Utah, that's going to be a tough matchup. That could be a loss. But Utah, Utah's always tough. And it's funny that. Athlon has USC going six and six, but they also did say that USC and Utah are the two Pac-12s. They, Pac-12 teams they think have have a have a shot to get into the playoffs. And like my thing is, which and, is a long shot, but and mind you, and mind you, and you can ask Dina. I bought, I ended up getting three US or three college football magazines. I get three every year, people. So please don't judge me. I get three to four every year. So I'm looking through I'm looking through Lindy's right now. I'm not trying to look at predict projections or anything, but looking at USC's schedule, and yes, it is tough. Fresno State, uh, Stanford, BYU, Utah, Washington, Notre Dame, Oregon's in there. But let's be real on this, people. You think you? I don't see USC losing to Stanford. I think it will be a close game. But I think USC might have the edge on that one. Uh, Fresno State breaks in a new quarterback. They're breaking in a new quarterback. St- uh, BYU, I don't think they lose to BYU. I think it'll be a physical game. I don't think they lose to BYU. They're going to lose to Utah because it's a short week. I think they lose to Washington because Washington's bringing back quite a few players. And plus, I've heard their QB is legit. Though I don't know what their um, what to expect from their now their QB who transferred in from from Georgia, um, Notre Dame is no. I don't think Notre Dame, considering how close USC played Notre Dame and USC was a dumpster fire. USC's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I agree. I think Utah is going to be their toughest game. Um, Notre Dame and Utah are probably going to be their toughest. I think they lose. The, I think they end up when they go into. I don't know. I, right now, I have Notre Dame as a loss, though. Actually, USC, Utah, Utah, Oregon, and Notre Dame. I think Washington. I don't know. I think they're a little bit overrated. I think Oregon's a tougher matchup than Washington. I give the nod to Washington. I give the nod to Washington right now because they're on the road and they they are the defending Pac-12 champs. I don't buy Notre Dame. It's I mean yeah, it's at home, but like I said, U.S. It wasn't like USC got blown out the water by Notre Dame. They didn't. Right. They, they lost twenty. They lost by seven. They lost by seven. They had a two. They had a two score lead over Notre Dame. It's not like it was like, oh, they got blown. They got washed by Notre Dame like the previous year. No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that at all. 
Yeah, those those that Washington and Notre Dame those two two weeks might be tough just because they're away and they're far. Well, I think I think USC has a bye before they go to um. Oh, you're right. They they have a bye actually before they go to Seattle. So they have a chance to get right. They have a chance to heal up and everything. That's why I think USC could win that one. USC could win that one because, A, they have a bye right before they go. They have a bye coming off of that one. So. Yeah, the team, yeah, Utah, 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 Notre Dame, and Oregon, I think, would be the toughest teams. Um, for this season, I think a sneaky team that might be a tough matchup is on November 16th when they go to Cal. Cal's defense was legit last season. Yeah, Cal, Cal could be something. Cal could be something. Uh, and that's the game I'm gonna go to, too. Cause it's <laughs> in Berkeley. And it could rain, and you know what? Be ready because it might rain. It actually it might rain that game. I say might. I don't know. Weather's been unpredictable in California recently. It has been very unpredictable. But you know, a lot of these teams aren't really. There's not really a. Oh, that's a for sure win. When you look at their schedule this year, uh, maybe Arizona State because they're. They're going to have to break in a new quarterback. Um, I think looking at their schedule, that might be their easiest matchup, even though it is an away game. For who? USC at Arizona State might be what might be their easiest matchup. On the road, yes. Fresno State, um, I think it's going to be close in the first half. Just because you know, first game of the season, there there's always some kinks to work out. Yeah, um, it's always the but feeling. Stanford's out bringing back some veterans. You know, USC going to BYU, a team they haven't played since when? Since 2004. Yeah, Utah's it, always really tough. Washington, Notre Dame, Arizona. You don't know if Tate Khalil Tate's going to be, you know. His first version where he was in the Heisman running or his version of last season where he was very underwhelming. So that's kind of up in the air game, Arizona at USC. Um, Colorado. Well, it also depends, too, because if Khalil Tate starts running all over you and everything, and that's the thing, USC USC had had a game plan on Khalil Tate for three straight, for, for three straight years. They had a game plan on Cleo Tate for three straight years. So that is going to see, it's going to depend on how they make that adjustment to get him loose against USC. What's difficult about it is the fact that USC has athletes on defense. So that's always pretty hard when you have somebody who's, who has athletes on defense, you know, and, um, and, and, I don't want to say it can move as fast, but they can move sideline to sideline. Right. So that's the thing. That's the that's the big thing about it. 
So, but you do make a good point. It depends on what Khalil Tate we're going to see. Right. What Khalil Tate are we going, is USC going to see? That is the, that is the, the, the million dollar question right there. It's interesting as well that KJ Costello of Stanford, JT Daniels and Justin Herbert of Oregon are the Pac-12 returning passing leaders and, you know, Daniels has actually a smidge, a smidge better, uh, completion percentage than Herbert, who's been getting all this national attention, Um Daniels has 59.5 and Herbert's 59.4, which is, I was, I didn't know Herbert's completion percentage was that low. Especially for all the hype he was getting this past draft. Yeah, I, I've never been high on him though. On, on um, on, on Herbert? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, Herbert, I think it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how this goes with uh with Oregon. Right now, Oregon is, I believe, the favorite to win the Pac-12. Right now, Oregon's gonna be ranked in the top ten, but we're gonna see because they play Auburn the first week, and and uh and Arlington, they play Auburn week one. So that's gonna be interesting. That thought, you know, it, it's it's definitely going to be interesting, especially for Stanford too, for all the all the teams in the Pac-12, um, in the Pac-12 North. Though Washington, I think, got the easier schedule. Um, their first their first few games, you got you play Eastern Washington, Cal, Hawaii. You're then you're at BYU, which could be a physical game, but I think they'll win that one. Um. You have USC at home. Then it gets it gets kind of dicey because you have USC at home. Then you go to Stanford, go to Arizona. You have Oregon, Utah, you know stuff like games like that. So that's going to be interesting. But with Stanford, I think that's why I think if USC and I think that is the possibility. If USC, if USC starts off that slate. With one loss or maybe two losses, they could be in good position moving forward. They honestly can. Because if you beat if you beat Stanford and BYU, and then you win a good one at BYU, and mind you, the history has showed with USC and Utah that the home team has won. Right. The last few years, the home team has won. You could be building some momentum. So for, I think, I think for USC, and we always talk about the early tough game. For USC, it's about building momentum. Right. And they need to build momentum. Well, it's about like building this. momentum and then keeping their foot on the gas pedal. They can't let up. And I think, because I think that had a lot to do with the offense too. Right. I honestly believe yeah, that. Yeah, that, I mean, that offensive game at Stanford um, last year was yikes. That, that I, it had a lot to do. I think it had a lot to do with the offense. This year, I think it's different this year. I really do think it's different because of different schemes and stuff like that. But, again... We're gonna see how it plays, how all this plays out. It, it's looking, um, it, it, it's looking like it's, it's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be an interesting year. 
for USC. That it is. All their sure. off-season crap, the coaching changes, this Brew McCoy drama. It's definitely, it's definitely going to be interesting. But um, with that being said, I think that's all for us for for uh, today. You can follow me, or you can follow me at Matt A. Lowry on Twitter. You can follow me at Always Compete. And you can follow us on uh, on Twitter at Conquest Chronicles uh, or at, at C Chronicles SBN. Follow the uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow uh, also subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Spotify. Also, you can check us out on the Megaphone app as well. But uh, until then, we'll see you guys next week and fight on, everyone. Fight on. <laughs>